0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Bujo Breaky Buddies podcast. We are your hosts, Wensin and Natasha.
1: Join us on our BBB journey as we explore topics like careers, relationships, finances, lifestyle and everything else in between.
0: We do all of this while finding creative solutions on this bumpy journey called adulthood.
1: So sit back, relax and let's explore life when Bujo Breaky Buddies session at a time.
0: Hello, fellow BBBs. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the BBB podcast. So, both Wenson and I have recently started a new phase in our respective careers, and we thought it would be pretty apt to reflect on our journeys thus far. So in this episode, we talk about the principles we held firm when making our decisions, approaches we took to decide our next step, and pearls of wisdom we would offer our younger selves if we could travel back in time. <laughs> it really has been a fun roller coaster ride at our career theme park for us, and we can't wait to share it with everyone. Hey, Winston. How are you?
1: Hi, How's it going? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Um, I'm doing alright. It's it's been a long week. Um, I feel like the last five days had two months crammed into it. Because <laughs> so it's yeah, it's been a long week.
2: Yeah, uh, it must um, be at work.
0: Yes. I think that's the the biggest part, the biggest chunk of the week has been dedicated to work. And it's been... I realized that you and I are actually both on our third job in our whole career uh, planning. And that was something that is actually sort of remarkable in a way because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have no idea how I got here. (laughs) So like my oh let's just go with the flow and <laughs> this may happened, and I'm like wait a minute how did I get here how has my career transition been like did I plan this out was it by chance or did I have something to do with it so I think that's the main motivation for this episode and to talk to you about it I know we've had on and off chats about it and but yeah to really narrow down and Let's discuss how our careers has transitioned over the last six to eight years. Okay, let's tell our listeners about Wenxin's career journey and how it's been like over the last few years.
1: Wow, it felt so surreal just now when you said, yeah, last (laughs) six to eight years and us on our third job. Because, yeah, I've definitely never seen it to be a third job in five to six year career then now let's go back down to the memory lane to see where it all started well of course it started with a journey on the university time it was i did a three-year degree bachelor of finance in australia and Mm. the journey towards the academic journey is of course started way back from like primary secondary pre-u and then i did Three years over there. Then, um, once the interesting bit, and I think different bit for me is um, I get a scholarship for my very first mm. company. So I already knew my first job, where is it going to land? I knew it will be a telco, it will be a minimum three years. And
2: right, that's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you've had that. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a corporate role right from the start. Then, mm. interestingly, how I land is um, I did. Bachelor of Finance, which is a mix of finance, economics, strategy courses. And that sort of influenced my first job when I told my company, okay, my interests are along these three lines, any suitable role for me. And then I land myself in a corporate strategy department within the finance division. So that kind of syncs up quite well. So it's quite predictable. My degree is very relevant to my first job. Then from there on... Uh, did a three and a half year to almost four year stint and then move on to another telco, which is also with a strategy role, but with a division, with another division for me to learn like... So like now with the men's team? Yeah, yeah, it's with customer experience. Mm. Yeah, and then I did a one year stint with the company and now I move on to my third telco as my third <laughs> job, back to the corporate strategy scene. Yeah, so all these three... Two to three transitions took place over five years. Yeah. And I'm myself like still feeling quite surreal that it happened over five years. But yes, I guess everyone has a very different career journey. And this is where I am right now. Just started on my third job. Still fresh two weeks. Yeah, and feeling great so (laughs) far. And what about you? And and I have to say, last episode caught me by surprise because I actually don't know much about your background. Yeah, so it is also (laughs) a realization of me, oh, wow, Natasha had that journey. So now, what about we hear from you describing your career journey for the past X years?
0: Did you know that I've been working for the past eight years of my life? No, I don't. it, It struck me by surprise when I was thinking about this episode and like reflecting and recalculating. I started working in 2014 and how did eight years go by so fast that wow. I am now on my third job doing something completely different from the point at which I started which is like when I graduated what I was armed with and what I went to after that mm-hmm. okay so I graduated from Monash
2: mm-hmm.
0: with uh, a bachelor's in e Mm -hmm. specializing in like banking and finance and economics. My love for economics goes knows no bounds. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and I was ready to take the banking world by storm. Mm -hmm. Like I was armed, I was ready. And I applied to the big financial institutions in Malaysia. And at the point in time, there was a big hype about these management training programs. Mm. So I applied and I wanted to get in. I managed to get through the first round of interviews, the second round of interviews, but I got rejected from all of them. <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my god, what's wrong with me? I am not I am not capable. I'm a complete failure." You think I am dramatic now, but you all should have seen me way back when, okay? <laughs>
1: It I can't insane. imagine if 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 that's a, 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 even more dramatic Natasha. Wow. I can't da, imagine. Young Natasha. <laughs> yes, young Natasha.
0: <laughs> so yeah, and it was, it was, um, I just didn't understand, like, okay, so I have all of this, I, I managed to make it through, like, what what is this really what I'm supposed to do? And in my head, it's supposed to come easy. It's supposed to be like, I apply to one thing, it fits, let's go, let's start. Like, I'm ready to start. But this whole thing, like, derailed my, my thought process of what the career would be. And I had this, this, um, ambition.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: It's a silly ambition now that I think about it. But at that time, it felt like something like a marker for me to achieve. I wanted to be employed before I graduated. I wanted to have a job in hand before I attend my graduation ceremony. Like, and that was at one point in time, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to achieve that. Like, so whatever comes my way, I'll take it. (laughs) Like, I wanted to leave that rather than, you know, okay, what is it that I'm really wanting to work for? And well, am I willing to wait out for it until that opportunity comes? So after going through a couple of those uh, rejections, um, my dad was like, um have you thought about consulting i was like huh what is that so like yeah i was such a like um i was so unaware of this whole consulting world and what how that was like and he's like um why don't you try and speak to this person i know who is in the consulting world in the big one of the big four firms um understand this person's career path how did it start mm-hmm. what are the opportunities there are mm-hmm. and you know think of that as a pivot like pivoting into that area so I was like you want me to talk to a friend that obviously is going to convince me to follow what you want me to do <laughs> and
1: like hmm this is, sounds like economics all over again <laughs> well, he knows economics yeah. as well and I think you fall for it did you
0: I did I. <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, I did. And that's actually the start of my first career uh, mm. journey. I actually attended that meeting, spoke to the friend of my dad and like got to know what was the potential career growth that I could do in that role. And like, what the heck, let's try it. And that's where I actually became an external auditor. Oh. And the connecting factor is... I worked uh, in the team, a financial institution team. So mm-hmm. I audited financial institutions in Malaysia and um, Singapore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I helped out uh, the team. So that's where it started.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I learned the ropes of external audit. It doesn't ma- It didn't matter that I did not have an accounting background
2: mm-hmm. because
0: uh, as the friend mentioned, They will pay, they will sponsor for my professional education, for my Hmm. professional certification. And so I'll be learning on the job, literally Hmm. and figuratively. And then why don't you think about after a couple of years, grinding through the whole uh, external audit, think about joining the consulting arm, the advisory arm.
2: Hmm.
0: And that's exactly what happened. I grew within the firm. Hmm. I did external audit for about a year and a half then i saw an opportunity to be part of the risk advisory team in that firm mm-hmm. and I, I did i had i'm fortunate to grab that opportunity i was there for about 2 years and i moved on within the risk um, advisory arm to join sustainability
2: mm-hmm.
0: which was actually the first realistic option
2: mm-hmm.
0: i would say In my head, at that point where I actually did something that I was passionate about and what I really found interesting rather Mm. than just trying to hit a mark in my whole career journey. like You're supposed to be an accelerator. You're supposed to join consulting. You're supposed to be doing this rather than what is it that you really want to do?
2: Mm.
0: What is it that you think will move your needle rather than the needle of the career gods? Mm. Yeah. So that was, that was sort of like 1.3 of my first job mm-hmm. um, doing sustainability for a wide range of Malaysian firms. I got to travel Southeast Asia because of it. I'm mm-hmm. very grateful for those experiences, mm-hmm. travels around Southeast Asia, auditing, uh, consulting on the topic of sustainability, human rights. Mm-hmm. Ex- I think that was my greatest exposure to understanding the impacts of what we do as a business and how that trickles down to the very corners of like uh, factories in Vietnam and all that and it was really really an eye-opener And then after that Mm -hmm. I took a small break to actually focus on my master's Mm -hmm. I the love for economics came knocking on my door <laughs> and <laughs> and I thought to myself like see there's another thing right uh, as much as my first point where I said I wanted to graduate i mean have a job before i graduate yep. something else came knocking on my door a few years later mm. it was i wanted to get my masters before i turned 30 mm. and yeah i don't i don't know what was the motivation behind it but that was the the sounding voice in my head saying look these are milestones that you want to achieve Mm -hmm. stop Mm -hmm. talking about it start doing something about it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so after about four and a half years five years into being a consultant I decided I wanted to take a break I put my suitcase life on hold for a little bit to be a student again I did my master's finished up a couple of semesters Mm -hmm. then had an opportunity to join a telco. That's where we met. Grow. That's where we met. That's where we met. Uh, I joined the strategy team of that said telco to help expand the sustainability options and their growth in the company. So, relevant to my previous role as a consultant. And I learned a fresh new idea of what strategy was. Mm-hmm. Met Wensing, met a whole bunch of amazing intelligent kind awesome people mm-hmm. that I that have made a dent in my heart and really brought me to part two of my journey in the whole strategy realm getting to know the industry growing with that and really harnessing my craft
2: mm-hmm. not
0: knowing what my craft will be being highly uncomfortable yet again mm-hmm. um, first time being uncomfortable in in an auditor's world not knowing the st- Subject or the topic at hand at all, but got comfortable after a while. Second time being uncomfortable in the telco world. What the heck is strategy, guys? Like, how do you do that? What is that? And I remember the day two or day three, everyone was saying, look at um the board papers. Like we're building board papers. To me, in my head, paper means word document. And I went on a hunt for like a word document. And what it meant was actually powerpoint yes so yeah yeah, that was like wow okay so uncomfortable but after a while managed to get comfortable because of the people that I worked with and then after a couple of years with the team growing with the team growing in my trade and craft Mm -hmm. there was an opportunity Mm -hmm. to grow even further push me even more uncomfortably Mm -hmm. outside my uh, realm In joining a startup life as a in more of a management position and helping grow the operations of a holistic health company, which where I am now. And three months in, I am wondering in a good way, in a good way, how did I end up here? Like how did I grow from where I was when I first started? So naive, wanting to such a blue-eyed girl to where I am now, where I know exactly what I want
2: mm-hmm. in
0: terms of if I'm going to deliver something, I know my capabilities, I know what I can churn out. It's because of this entire career transition. Wow.
1: Yeah. But For the <laughs> last, you just detail out your eight years in the last couple of minutes, and I hope you have a better crop. So, I mean, it is an incredible journey for the past eight years. So much growth, so especially much at the first, yeah. So much growth, especially at the first company. And then Mm -hmm. I find it interesting because I noticed your growth. Firstly, you you managed to have a different exposure to departments and then countries Mm -hmm. geographically. And after that, you Mm -hmm. stumble upon a couple of interest areas, which is very important for you, which is sustainability. And after that, now uh, holistic health. Yeah, yep. so it's quite an interesting journey where, yeah, how you come about like from maybe the skill set first. After your skill sets, you go on the interest areas.
0: That's true. And also like we spoke of previously on elimination. Yeah. Knowing that you've tried it, not knowing what it is, you've tried it and knowing mm. that, okay, I've learned what I can from it. I do not want to do this anymore. Mm. There's only so much accounting I can follow. <laughs> Because um, debit and credit is like oil and water for me. Mm-hmm. Like we we don't get along with each other. We don't balance each other at all. <laughs> so having that and like knowing that that's my limitation and that's not yeah. my interest, it it's it was easier to move out of that realm to know that yeah. you know I, I tried it. Know what it's like. Uh, I I love the things that I've learned from it, and that's when I tried to further understand what the, the things I was good at. Um, in my exposure of being the external audit front,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I loved client management. Yep. Yeah, say I love it on a good day, and on a bad day when the <laughs> clients are super so ridiculous, you'll be like, "Why am I here?" <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I didn't realize I was, I was preferring that more than just looking at numbers and crunching numbers. Mm. And that's where I realized that. I'm more of a forward-facing person, Yeah. more key stakeholder management, and those mm-hmm. were my strengths, and not undervaluing that. Yep. So the areas where I grew um, after that were always exposure to that front, where mm-hmm. I-, I met more clients, I handled projects um, with more of a client management feel rather than the operations part. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a tick, knowing mm-hmm. that that's the thing that I wanted to do. Yep. And slowly progressing and finding things that were passionate, that I was passionate about, that mm-hmm. were uh, interesting to me and how I wanted to share that with um, the projects that I
1: built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interestingly, like in comparison to yours, my role has been a bit quite similar across the three jobs. So what mm-hmm. I always like to use to describe my role is more of an internal consultant so corporate strategy right. doesn't really own a, a portfolio of itself. It's usually project based, yep. and my role changes to yep. what the project requires. So, which is either if they need a liaison, if they need a analyst, if they need a coordinator, that's where I would jump in at just to be flexible and assume a role to value create from there. So, what's at some a- point, they needed a like handler as well. Sorry. <laughs>
0: some point they needed a handler as
1: well yes yeah so what's really different is just really different areas within the telco industry and then of course changes companies along the way to learn different sizes of telco different areas of telco and yeah it has been a bit more predictable stability compared to yours like yours is really quite a roller coaster right for me, it's like a yeah. bit more of a, okay, expand the knowledge within the telco industry, expand the skill sets as a strategist, as a analyst. And then from there, landed like at the third part, which now is like, again, an internal consultant-like role, going to mm-hmm. different departments and trying to understand what are the things that we can improve together as part of optimization. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's because you were aware of what you wanted to do in a way, um, in terms of how you wanted to apply what you studied in your, mm-hmm. um, your degree, and by virtue of you being a um, scholar, mm-hmm. you had no choice but to yeah. serve your time yeah. with a um, sponsor. And, but in that time, you were able to grow and to really know what is it that you wanted. So that's why your I, I presume your career was very um, structured, of, or in a way focused. Yeah. And for but, me, it's because I I had that pivoting moment, like oh my mm-hmm. god, what I wanted to do didn't happen at all, and I didn't know what else I wanted to yep. do. So it was mm-hmm. more of a learn everything, try everything, yep. and slowly narrow down from there. Yeah. When you started that was it when you started your career, did you think that it was always going to be this one line, one tangent, like uh, from a big space focus narrowed down to strategy? Or was it something else altogether?
1: Yes, and not really. Like, like you detail out right? Academically, it's a take. Uh, a scholarship ah. provided by a telco company, hence it kind of landed me to where I am. It's also a take, But I've always had this um, question mark in my head is this really what I want? Because then now we have to go Mm -hmm. back to a little bit uh, down to the memory lane, which is the whole corporate ambition was instilled by my mom to me. So Mm -hmm. when I was young, she's like, okay, go for a corporate career. It's stable. It gives you the perks. It gives you the benefit. It gives you the stability. And then from there, I always have this, okay, climb the corporate ladder is still in my head. And I've always asked myself, is this what I want or is it what my mom has been wanting me to want? <laughs> yeah. So for years, actually, I couldn't really answer that question. And I don't think I can answer it today because if, if not corporate, what else?
2: Right. So, right.
1: so yeah, so that's definitely um, something that is still at the back of my mind. And when I mentioned in episode one, I had like um, life areas and also all the values, purpose map up in an Excel, mm-hmm. and there's a line item on career as well. Then I don't think I have an answer whether corporate is for me, even though I'm on a corporate journey. But I, when I map mm-hmm. up my purpose and value, it's, it goes on to a few things which I would anchor on, which is again, if I, on top of my mind, it's like humility to learn and contribute to wow. the society guided by the Ikigai concept. So if mm. you just go on Google and Ikigai, there's like a few bubbles over there. And then from there, I feel like, okay, what am, I, what am I doing? Corporate or not? As long as I'm being guided by these purpose and values, I would feel, okay, I would feel I'm on the right track. So interestingly, even though I'm on a quite a solid corporate track, I'm actually allowing a little flexibility on what comes along the way. So as long as it sticks on with the purpose and value, I feel like mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be happy.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Nice, nice. That's actually also something that you learned recently mm-hmm. that it's okay to not have a to to have it ticked off your your checklist and yep. then
1: whatever comes comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I came across the Kigai concept probably last year when I read the book. But yeah, but everything come again like in pieces in different periods of time, but now in more of a consolidated manner. Yeah. Then yeah, where, where you would go. Yeah. So for you, you definitely have quite a journey. So I think probably back in where you started with banking and finance to where you're landing now holistic wellness. So yeah. it's pretty different from what you imagine, right?
0: I think as much as it's very different views, mm-hmm. there were principles that I carried with me all throughout. Mm-hmm. There was a few things that my dad taught me. Yep. Um, when you do anything, yep. always try and be the best at it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Never have regrets um, about whatever you do. You can be doing anything like if you're hired to do a role where you start off as someone who's making photocopies of something or mm. making coffee for someone, you do the best coffee or the, and they remember you for it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: then you're doing something right.
2: Mm.
0: Be humble. Exactly like what you said. Be humble. Always know when it's important to listen more than speak. Yep. Yeah understand what is it that you don't know, seek guidance, seek help. Mm. Mm. Don't be a know-it-all. Be humble enough to ask from anywhere along the the chain, right? whether it's above you or below you. Mm. There's never anything wrong to be humble. And one of the things that I've learned and I stick by really dearly to my heart is in the corporate world, it's very easy to dim someone else's life in order for Mm -hmm. yours to shine brighter, right? And it's a principle that I I hold that I will not make my light shine brighter by dimming someone else's out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I shine my light in my own way. Yeah, I collectively help to brighten the room with other people's lights, Mm -hmm. but I will not be responsible of dimming someone else's light out. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I learned really early on and that's something that I hold dear to me and that's something I carry on throughout my career from to where I am today, eight years into my journey and to the future as well. That's something
1: that is very important for me and that's for the people that I work with to understand. Yeah, yeah. So what, what you described just now is what I would call as corporate politics which is an interesting thing mm-hmm. I kind of observed probably around my third career year. So that at that third career year, I was paying attention to observing about corporate politics and I think it weren't another episode to talk about it. But yeah, it have not really hit me in that way but I'm also, I think like you, consciously knowing that yeah. I wouldn't put someone down in order for me, myself to shine. Yeah, I feel like yeah. if anything, it should be an empowered working environment for yeah. everyone to grow together and when everyone grow together, that's where you help the company to grow.
0: Yeah, that's also
1: You're,
0: one. It's like okay, so I've also learned like that's a very ambitious thing, a very um nice to have to help everyone grow together and you know so be successful as a team. And it also goes back to the individuals, right? You can try as much as you can to help a team build themselves, to work together and foster that environment, but it also is the responsibility of each team member to yeah. have that motivation, that intrinsic motivation. And I've learned also the hard way that you can't force someone to think the way you think. Yeah. That's why yeah. you need to uniquely have your own thought process, have your own um, right and wrong, and mm-hmm. stick to that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you think it's right to do mm-hmm. what you're doing, o- own it, continue with it, it can change over the ways and over time, but that's that makes you who you are, mm. Okay, So I think that's important to understand that, you know, you want something and you want uh, someone to feel some way and like want it to grow. It doesn't mean that another person also wants to feel that way about their career, about their team and everything. So yeah. understanding your principles and what you hold dear helps you Decide where you want to go if you're like stuck in a whole pool of like options.
2: That mm-hmm.
0: that be like some form of a guidance uh, or a way to guide you through to your process of elimination
1: to like your next round and next process.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
1: And I guess like over eight years, like similar both of us, we had like two transitions in between like three jobs. What makes you decide? <laughs> your next steps going to be like, what, what are your, do you have like a set of framework or at least your steps that guides you in your career next steps?
0: Okay. So I think the most relevant or the most fresh in my mind is actually my recent transition. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I think that's where I was the most mature in terms of understanding who I was as a person, who I am as an employee and what I have to bring to table, what are my strengths, yep. and not being apologetic that it's not your conventional strengths, mm-hmm. right? Um, in that sense, knowing who I was was the first step. Yep. Knowing what I wanted to do was the second. That was a tricky bit. Mm-hmm. Knowing it was coming from doing so many things over the last five years, that I, for the first time, focus in an area in sustainability. But even in sustainability, there are three different large pillars. Mm -hmm. So you have your environment, your economic factors, and then your social aspects. Realizing that what I've been doing, what is it that has drawn me to that topic, to that business? What am I generating the most amount of energy doing? And again, it goes back to my, my um, enjoyment of meeting people, engaging mm. with people. Yep. And people started coming up a lot as in the, the word people in mm. like all my lists and saying that, okay, I, what about people do I enjoy? So mm. it's the social pillar in that area of sustainability that I enjoy. And mm. what about people? What was it that I had so much energy to do to speak? And I realized it's actually talking about their mental state. How are Mm. they feeling? What are their joys? Giving, like listening to them, talking about what makes Mm. you happy, like all of those kind of things. Mm. And for me, that felt very invigorating Mm. in a way that impacts how Mm. you work. So knowing my strengths, knowing that's first thing. Second thing, knowing the area of interest I wanted to grow in. Mm coupling those two together and also by chance having this opportunity that came through the door that I was able to build those two together
2: Mm.
0: and build upon those two things together helped me narrow down what my next step was going to be like.
2: Mm.
0: It was easier to do that because I knew myself a little bit better. I knew... That if I go to this next role um, okay so imagine this right uh, all this time when I when I went through interviews and went through the careers that I had mm. I, I was always a yes girl I was yeah. always like no I can do this yes sure no problem I'll do this I'll, I'll figure it out no worries mm. um then but it was never putting the cards on the table telling them that these are my strengths mm. this is what I'm, I'm capable of and having that confidence to be like it's okay If Mm. this is not what you are looking for, tell me straight.
2: Mm.
0: Like, we we are both being honest in, like, the discussion phases. So that was actually something that helped me decide what were my next steps, Mm. is knowing who
1: I was. Yeah. Mm. And I find it very interesting that you, in, like, let's say your next steps exploration, you stumble upon something that inspire your next move. So, for example, like you mentioned about you talking to people, it's where you kind of have to take that, hey, I'm actually very passionate about people and that helps you to know yourself a little bit better and then anchor the direction of your next move. Yeah, that's quite interesting, actually. Yeah. The
0: self-reflection help, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as usual. There's a, there's a theme of like how our whole BBB reflection is. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to think back like, yeah, in terms of my, what makes me like decide on my next step? I think the bottom line for me I've always wanted to, for me, because I I like stability. So I do, when, when I join a company, I do want to grow with the company. And I never thought of like constant changes, isn't really my thing. Yeah, up to like the last two years or last two transitions. Yeah, so, but in a way, sometimes you cannot control what external comes. So mm-hmm. there are usually push factors and pull factors for like when mm. there's something new comes up, and these are all external. So of course, then when those push factors come about, pull factors come about, you will think about like whether you will weigh these two, and mm. then I will went deep down to ask myself, mm. what do I want? Like what do I want in the short term, medium, term, long term, and mm. whether the opportunity that poise it's aligned with the short mid-long-term direction. But during the exploration steps, it's actually highly emotional for me. So it didn't Mm. sound as rational steps like how I describe. But if now I'm being my rational self, that's how I approach it. But during (laughs) that, that's just way too much emotions happened. So then... Interestingly, as I reflect on my exp- next step exploration, is also the, the, the not to say determining, but an important factor is what's my intuition telling me? Like, mm. underlying there is an intuition yes. that tells me whether it's better to stay or it's better to mm. take a next step or take a leap. Yeah, yeah. So, and that intuition is. Even in with that feeling yeah. is important. Yeah. And I think the last thing, which is very in line with you, which is on the reflection bit. The part where I will journal down my thoughts, have a proper evaluation framework of the options in hand, and then couple with the final bit of intuition. And then that, mm-hmm. that's where I land a decision to guide my next step. Yeah. But yes, I can assure you that the listeners that it doesn't happen destructured when the exploration happened. Yeah.
0: It has always been like that. So you like, so that's the amazing thing about Wenshin is that she puts the work into it to listing it down, the kind of uh structure she wants and, like, how to, to, okay, so categorically, I've done this, 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 then, like, how do I feel about it? For me, I think it's, like, 80% of the time, like, how do you feel about it? Like, oh, uh, I feel right. Like, okay, then, okay, it's sort of like, okay, let's... Okay, let's try something else. Let's try something else. It's sort of like very emotional in a way, but that's how I've actually made a few decisions in my life. few key decisions in my life is relying on how do I feel about that moment? How did that make me feel? Did it make me feel excited? Did it make me feel like dread? Like, oh, yeah. So it's it's like I, I need that energy to feed off that energy to really infer what is it that is that uh, my next step? What is the next move for mm-hmm. me? Yeah, I think to
1: each of everyone's own, like everyone has a different style of approaching. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no right or wrong in your approach or my approach. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: And then this, this goes to show that there's the two different perspectives, right? Yours and mm-hmm. mine. And I'm sure there are countless others out there that have different ways of determining what the next step is like for them in their career journey. But just to highlight that, you know, it's, It's not wrong in any way. It's always going to go back to
1: what is the most comfortable for you. Yeah. And I think one thing is like the decision you make at that point is the best at that time. So maybe if even if you think your next step is wrong, maybe one year down the road, oh, this job didn't work out for me. But one year ago, you made that decision because it was the best for you at that time. So So I don't think we need to go dwell back if let's say it didn't work out. Just make adjustment yeah. along the way. If it doesn't work out, it's something that happens in the future. And then that's where you take steps to make something better.
0: Like be confident in yourself that at that point in time, that decision I made mm. was good for that. I weighed my pros and cons. I weighed my emotions yeah. and how I felt. And it was <laughs> yes. good. It was right at that
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say it's a rational decision on top of your emotional, your emotions um, yeah. Reasoning, so it's still not too bad. That, that approach has still like rationally into it. You're not making like a blinded decision. It's
0: not a hundred percent like uh, yeah. irrational,
1: hundred emotional. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah, and like from from all of these. So for me, it's about the people, right? It has always been about. So okay, sorry. Um, one step back. I've in this whole journey, I've realized, and I've read a couple of things that reinforce this thought. But there are three reasons why you either stay or leave a company or a corporation. It's either because of the job, Mm -hmm. either because of the people, Mm -hmm. or the money. (laughs) Job, people, money. It's Mm -hmm. either one to make you stay, either one to make you leave. Mm -hmm. And so for me, being someone who's really passionate about people and interactions with people, I, I'm interested to find out that one aspect hmm. with your transition within the same industry. Hmm. What were the kind of people that you interacted with that made you want to work with them? Made you want to grow as a team together? Hmm. The kinds of people that you met and inferring for your future reference, these are the kind of people that I work well with hmm. and I want
1: to continue yep. working with them. Yeah. It's interesting how you put it. I'll answer that question in a little bit. But when you mentioned about, yeah, what guided someone to have a change is that three things, uh, job, people, and money. And I'll put an umbrella on top of it, which is growth. So for me, it's like when I, when, when in your career, you're after personal growth, professional growth. And then from there, one of the key factors is people yeah, so five years into my career journey, I've met a lot of people because my role being a strategist, corporate strategist, or in the division strategist, I do need to approach people to get information, mm. to get thoughts, to get input from them. So I would say that to the extreme, I'm nothing without people's input, is it in, in my job? Yeah, so I would divide this to like people that I would really like to work with. Number one is Mm. definitely from the top, it's inspiring management, inspiring manager. So from this, them um, exercising their critical thinking, my interactions with them will be crucial. So having good interaction with inspiring management managers will be a place that enable me to grow because I get Mm. to learn a great deal from them in terms of how they think, how they implement, and how they challenge certain analysis. So that's definitely very important for me. The second part is definitely my interaction with the working level. That's where I get all my information and my learnings from. So the kind of people that I would definitely appreciate is the ones who are approachable and that they are very good in what they are doing. And then they don't mind imparting their knowledge to me, which I've met more than a handful of them during my past years of career, which I very, very appreciate. So these people inspire me because they are so good at what they are doing. And they're willing to share and teach you along the way. And these people are the ones that I would see. is like they are, they would like to grow with the company together. And not so much driven by their personal ambition. Of course, you should have your personal current ambition. But that's on the mm. by the way that comes along. So, yeah. So, I definitely find that... Um, working with inspiring management manager and also working with approachable working level has been instrumental for me for the past couple of years.
0: Nice. I think we share similar thought processes, maybe also because there were the same pool of people we worked with for, at one point in yeah. time. Yes. <laughs> that shared those commonalities, right? And I think for me, it, it sort of goes back, bear with me on this, sort of goes back to the kind of leader that I foresee myself wanting to be, mm. those characteristics, mm. then working backwards mm. to actually exposing myself to those kind of people mm. to actually learn how they do it, how are they that kind of person, that mm. kind of leader. And I learned the trade in order for me to be that leader in future. Mm. So it's things like intelligence is definitely a motivating factor to being surrounded by intelligence a bit the comprehending this topic at hand how do you manage it how do you learn from it that is something that you know inspires me invigorates me and I want to learn more being surrounded by intelligent people humble it never hurt nobody to be humble and that humility is something I look for kindness and um, being approachable like you and me we worked with the same CEO that you know, sat down next to us and like explained to us, you know, look, this is what I mean. Let's, let's edit this out. And he himself is editing it on our laptops. Like Like, that kind of degree of like down to earth and Mm -hmm. being approachable and and wanting to teach you and learn not, doesn't matter which level you are. So Mm -hmm. that kind of approachability is something that I aspire to be Mm -hmm. and having all of that bundled in is the kind of leader I want to be and working backwards and exposing myself to that.
1: Yeah. 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 One thing to like to, an easy way to say is like when, if you were to, if let's say someone passed away, you pass away, what would you like that particular colleague to say about you? Like whether if you want the colleague to describe you as approachable, warm, smart, yes. then be aspiring to be that person.
0: Yeah. Like you are in control of how you lead your life now. But you don't have control of what people say about you, right? When you leave this world. Mm. At least you have that comfort that, you know, I've tried to lead this life. Mm. This is what I want people to say about me. Mm. Let me help them substantiate that point.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. So we're coming towards the end of this super interesting conversation. Mm. If I do say so myself. (laughs) Um. To tie it all back, you know, we did a lot of reflection. It was a long week for us and we spoke a lot about how we've grown the youth that first came in to the working world and to where we are at now. Wen mm-hmm. If you had the opportunity to meet the younger Wensin that just graduated, mm-hmm. what advice would you give her knowing what the future holds for her?
2: Um,
1: Number one is align with what you said just now. Is also don't lose yourself over ambition, greed, mm-hmm. and emotions. Which mm-hmm. translates to why? staying human, staying humble, and staying grounded, mm. and stick to your value and purpose. Yeah. So yeah. don't lose yourself. So there are, there are occasions where I'm driven by ambition. Yeah. There are instances where I felt, oh, why? Why does this happen to me? But yeah, I think during those moments, take a step back and just remind yourself, yeah, don't lose your values, don't lose yourself. Mm. Yeah, then I guess number two that I would mention is also career or work. It's not everything. Like it's at the younger stage of your career yes, of course, you place a high priority towards career, but also do set boundaries in terms of your life balance. And I'm proud that my, I'm still sticking back to like what the five years ago Winston is st- like still hanging on to work life balance. Like keep reminding myself that, hey, put a boundary. After six on a Friday, it's no touchable. Then that's where I'll set my boundary. Yeah. So I guess I would just remind my, my, the younger Winston, okay, stick to your work life balance. And number three, I would say, um, take your time to again explore um, your career appetite and eventually land on your value purpose, which is something that I just landed a month ago Yeah, mm-hmm. and that itself takes like exploring ik- ikigai and after that asking myself what do I want so my values here is very closely related to humility stay grounded, contribution, those kind then again the last one just to wrap it up dear Winston, five years ago is the career is your lifelong journey again. Well, of course, it's probably around 25 to 30 years of journey. There will be setbacks, there will be change, and there will be uncertainty. So yeah, over the five years, there are a couple of setbacks. There are a couple of change. I'm a bit more comfortable with setbacks and change, but Mm. uncertainty is the one that is still something that I'm working on. Yeah, so those are the four things that I would tell the younger Winston and also probably everyone out there. Yeah, just to bear this in mind. And what about you? What would you tell the younger dramatic Natasha?
0: <laughs> Don't do a drama, can I not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
0: Um. Aside from that, yes, I think echoing what you said, I think those are valuable things to remind us way back when when we first entered the world to don't lose yourself it's okay to not know things but don't don't be afraid don't be intimidated by that i think the one most important thing that i will tell young natasha youthful natasha is don't be intimidated that your career journey and story is different from everyone else around you. Don't be afraid to try new things just because no one else is trying it around you. You are in charge of your journey. Take lead, take rein of how you want to stir your life. You can use the surrounding as a reference, Mm. but always remember the Natasha story is the Natasha story. Yes, Never going to be a duplicate of someone else's story. It is you to take place. And it's all right to feel uncomfortable. Mm. That is what growth is like. You're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. You're pushing yourself to learn. You're pushing yourself to, to grow and be better at your craft If you do not push yourself, how would you know what your boundaries are? The limits of your boundaries, sorry. What what are the limits of your boundaries? So being uncomfortable is fine. But don't let it be painful. There's a difference between being uncomfortable and painful. Don't let it be at the extent of your, your health. Don't let it be at the extent of your mental capacity. Don't be at the extent of you actually being so fragile that you are almost to a point of fainting because you've worked almost 36 hours um, without sleep. Don't let it be painful. Let it be uncomfortable. Let it be uncomfortable for the rest of your life, Natasha, but don't let it be painful. Mm. I think those would be the two echoing things that I would want Natasha, junior Natasha to resonate with
1: and take that along her journey and with that we conclude our episode and we hope you learned a little bit more about our journeys and also have some key takeaway from this episode and we're grateful to have you thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode bye for now thank you fellow BBBs for tuning into this episode and for spending time with us on the Buja Breaky Buddies podcast We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did and took away new insights from our conversation.
0: We greatly appreciate your comments and feedback on our respective podcast platforms. If you have not already, follow us on our Apple Podcasts and Spotify channels for new episodes and our Instagram page for more updates. Links are in the description and bios. Now, let's explore life one Buju Bricky Buddy session at a time.